for social, we really just need to focus in on this one component of things. Um, versus let's try to uh, support every part of every program with a plethora of social content out there. Um, you know, being able to focus in on aspects that we think have the most, uh, the most legs or the most potential to, um, you know, to, to be popular in social. I'll tell you, Anna, uh, Rick Wine is, is, is such a brilliant marketer and social media marketer uh, from Kellogg, from McDonald's, a lot of agency work. And one of the things that's interesting about this week's show is, is how things have evolved since Rick was last on the Social Pros podcast with, with Jay and I, I guess about four years ago. And this idea that we don't have to social all messages is part of that revolution and evolution that we can be selective. In fact, we probably need to be selective on what we say, when we say it, and to, uh, to one of the things that you talk to Rick about, the where we say it. Yeah, it's so empowering now, I think, for everybody out there who does any type of social media marketing to finally be able to have the freedom and power to say, this doesn't have to be a tweet. Not every press release has to be a tweet. Not every single company update has to be a Facebook post. And it's nice that Rick really talks about, as you mentioned, Adam, being selective and really making sure that there is a story and you're communicating in real ways that are very important, especially there's so much going on right now. There's so much to talk about. Um, and Kellogg is having really, really huge impactful conversations from the corporate level. And so they don't have time to just tweet out every single press release. They really need to make sure that they have their communications dialed in and very attuned to what their audience wants too. And I think Rick gets into that and and some of the amazing programs, like you said, around Feed America, they're open for breakfast, Climate Week, sustainability, so many important things that, you know, to this point, you don't want to kind of miss and, 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 and devalue those important messages with some of the more fluff shall we say. And I think Rick has done such a masterful job of, of that at the Kellogg company and such a great guest uh, this week. Yeah, I agree. Let's go ahead and bring Rick in. Um, and he's going to walk us through kind of a whole smorgasbord of awesome social things today, but really great about talking about, you know, balancing business and user needs. So let's hear from Rick. Rick Wyan, Senior Director of Consumer Engagement for Kellogg, K-E-L-L-O-G-G, good, uh, one of my favorite brands. It is so great to have you back on the Social Pros podcast. It is almost exactly four years uh, since we had uh, you on the show last. I think you were in your first year at Kellogg now, uh, several years in, you know, First, our place I really want to start with is is the change that you have seen uh, in how social media marketing and communications has changed in an organization as well regarded and respected and prominent as Kellogg. So uh, there, there, there's been a ton of change. Uh, I mean, it, it almost sounds cliche to say that, um, really, especially in, you know, uh, 2020, because uh, change has, has always been the name of the game in social media. Um, but, you know, my, in, in my four years at Kellogg's and then my, you know, several years at McDonald's before that and then doing social for brands on the agency side, uh, you know, the, not, very few things are constant. 
even the platforms and how we use the platforms, it, it, it is, it's constantly changing. You know, in, in the time that I've been at Kellogg, we've been doing a, um, we, we've had a real focus on um, trying to understand, uh, you know, who our audiences are and what they react to the most. Um, and uh, again, knowing who your audience is, is, is kind of like a social media 101, um, you know, level of understanding that you need to have. But what we've been really able to do is um, develop an understanding based on um, analytics, but then also the engagement that we see as well. So it's partially the hard numbers on, um, you know, the types of content and the formats and, 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 and the tone that we use. Um, but there's also the, um, the, the kind of the art side of it, the feel of, hey, when we say things this way, this feels more true to us and we see a better reaction from our consumers on that um, as, 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 as well. Something else that we've been trying to do um, that I think is important on the storytelling side of things is uh, trying to un better understand not just what we want to say as a company, um, but how we say that to our uh, to our consumers and our customers as well, because you know, if you think about any large corporation, they're going to have this, their strategic plan. You're going to have your communications priorities, and oftentimes uh, it's a little bit too easy to say, "Well, our five priorities for communications strategy this year are one, two, three, four, and five, and let's turn those into tweets and post them, and, and let's go." Um, but you really need to, to resist the temptation to just assume that what you want to say is exactly what your consumers want to hear. And so we find different ways that we can really gut check ourselves on, um, you know, how do we say what we want to say, but make sure it's in a way that consumers are going to, um, you know, react to well and they're going to pick up on it and they're, and they're, and they're going to believe uh, as well. I know one of the things that I've recognized, certainly over the past 10 or 15 years of doing social media, much much like you, sir, um, but even in the customers uh, that I've spoken to over the past five years, is the change on kind of what I'll call the assembly line of marketing communications. Uh, mm -hmm. And even five years ago, I think... Typically, we were in an evolutionary period, but still, we would see messaging kind of come down from high. Here are the messages and the platforms and the pillars that we're going to discuss. Okay, Adam and team now create the social flavors or versions of those and execute them and, 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 and observe and report. See how that works. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's true today, certainly at a brand like Kellogg. I think we as social media practitioners and professionals have a seat at the table more and more. Um, in fact, I think it would be the anomaly if we didn't actually when those messages are created and when those messages are created, social is, is sometimes at the forefront of that. Is that the case at, at Kellogg? And how have you seen that evolution change the way that you hire and bring in members of your uh, social media and consumer engagement teams? Yeah, yeah, we, we've, we've definitely seen um, seen that change as well. And, and you're right, you know, Eve, a couple of years ago, it was a uh, communications plan would be put together, then it was handed off to somebody in the social team to take all the key messages and create tweets out of them, which uh, is 
okay, but it, I found it to be more suboptimal um, than, 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 than not. Um, and, and so where we have evolved is that uh, either myself or people from my team are part of the, um, you know, we, we're at the table much earlier in the planning process. Um, we're helping influence, uh, you know, what those strategies are, both from, from, from a program standpoint. So, you know, what are we doing? Um, but then also, how are we talking about those programs as, 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 as well? And so, um, you know, and, and sometimes what that means is that we've been able to say, hey, there's this really great program going on here, but for social, we really just need to focus in on this one component of things. Um, versus let's try to uh, support every part of every program with a plethora of social content out there, um, you know, being able to focus in on aspects that we think have the most, uh, the most legs or the most potential to, um, you know, to, to be popular in social is what we do. We've also been in this, in, in a place where um, we're influencing those conversations by bringing data to the table ahead of time. Um, one really recent example of this was uh, we were talking about um, throughout the uh, spring and summer um, we've been have we, we, we've been having multiple partnerships with, um, with with different partners of our around food security and fighting hunger um, you know, uh, uh, with, 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 with COVID and economic challenges, the number of people who are facing food security has just, ha, has just blossomed, um, both in the U S and around the world. And so, and, and we've got longstanding partnerships with organizations like the global food banking network and no kid hungry and feeding America, um, to, uh, because we're a food company. So we make a lot of food. We also, you know, have a lot of food that we can donate as well. And so, um, we did uh, a lot of work with those organizations to drive awareness of uh, COVID impacts to food security, but then also just straight up trying to raise awareness on the issues and in fundraising. And so we had, uh, uh, you know, we, we had months and months of worth of tweets and we went back and we saw that, hey, you know what, when we tweet this way, when it is short and simple and to the point, that's a lot more impactful than trying to explain everything about a complex issue like food security in you know a tweet or like a you know a, a five tweet twitter thread you're having these really big important conversations as you just mentioned about food insecurity and a lot of sustainability where are you finding is the best place to have these conversations obviously you just mentioned twitter but where are you feeling and seeing that people are really gravitating towards these these really important conversations so it's I, I mean, it, it, it's Twitter, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's 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 every channel. But it's also uh, we take a different angle for every channel as well. And and again, that's um, something that 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 should be pretty um, you know pretty basic in social media uh, management these days. But um, it, it really is true that you need to tune your content two different types of uh, plat platforms, um, you know, and, and that, that, that's based on who our audiences are on, the, on those platforms as, as, as much as uh, of anything else. Um, you know, we, we're doing a lot of LinkedIn as well. Um, a lot of our, of, of our senior leadership team, you know, our CEO, our the president of Kellogg's North America, uh, you know, the heads of many of our business units, they're active on, on, on LinkedIn. 
And so they want this content so they can they can share, um, you, you know, their take on uh, some of these programs that, that that we're doing, which, you know, that kind of ties back to your earlier question in that, um, you know, what has changed is that I don't have to. I don't have to like knock on the door anymore and say, Hey, it'd really be great if our CEO could do this thing. Um, they are active. They, they, they want to be ambassadors at, you know, everyone wants to be an ambassador for our company because we are doing these great things, which is, which is a, a good, a good, a good spot to be in. But we also need to make sure then that we are, you know, it's not a one size fits all in terms of, Hey, we, we wrote this really great tweet. Now let's just put it over every, uh, every channel. We need to think through, okay, well, what is better for Chris? Chris's voice, um, you know, or Steve's voice or Wendy's voice specifically on LinkedIn. And then let's repeat that process for, you know, our voice is slightly different on Facebook than it's going to be on Twitter. Ana asked kind of the where question uh, of, of how we're, we're dealing with messaging and especially so many of the, the really impressive messages coming from your organization during this, uh, this, this pandemic. I want to ask a, a when question. And here's, here's kind of what my thought was. I was thinking about this yesterday, um, but, you know, so many of our morning routines and recognizing Kellogg makes not only breakfast uh foods but you know, you've got uh the other snack brands you've got cheez-its which are a huge hit in the uh, brown household especially those new <laughs> chips but your routines morning routines um snack routines pop tarts for dinner anyone uh routines have uh, have changed during this pandemic mm-hmm. and because of that you know those are typically you know times of, of of consumption of your products and i'm curious if you've seen any changes in timing of messaging you know since uh the pandemic uh has begun Mm-hmm. So I, I know that some of our brands um, have in their work, they, they, they've, they've uh, um, tuned some of their posting on messaging um, around certain times as the pandemic, uh, you know, un, un, unfolded. What, what was what was striking to me, um, you know, and, and speaking more on the corporate side versus the brand side, but uh, what we saw uh, initially in those first couple of weeks, especially when there was so much more uncertainty out there, is that Kellogg is a company, is Kellogg's the master brand, and a lot of our individual brands, you know, like like cheese that you just rattled off, uh, those brands I uh, really felt comfortable to people. And it's it, it's kind of familiar favorites, you know, your 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 the frosted flakes that you have for breakfast, even if it's once a week, that's just it's the it's the thing you could rely on. And so we saw immediately that when we spoke in a tone like that on, hey, you know, our brands are, um, they're comforting, they're known, they're familiar, they're, they're, they're here for you. Um, we saw that that was actually uh, one of the most important factors in terms of changing and, 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 and tweaking our messaging, uh, it, it, you know, especially early on in the pandemic. Um, another change that we saw that was interesting is, uh, I'm sure I'm sure you guys have had cereal for dinner at some point in your life. Um, this week, yes. <laughs> uh, that became a uh, that 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 became a much more important. Important uh, not the right, but that became a much more common thing that we saw people talking about. Um, you know, all of a sudden, when your days are meshing together, and uh, you know, especially if you're working at home and your kids are remote, and um, all of a sudden, it's like, well, yeah, why, why wouldn't we have cereal for dinner? It's, it's easy. Uh, it's, it's not that messy. And guess what? Our pantry is full of a lot of stuff, and those, uh, the, those Fruit Loops are looking pretty good right now. 
or, or snap crackle pop as uh, as yeah. uh, true here in, in, in this in this household. Yeah. One of the things you, you, I think you shared with us right before uh, we we hit the record button, Rick, was the fact that the Kellogg is an essential business, and certainly that impacted all of your employees and team members who work in the manufacturing operations, the logistics operations, getting all that product uh, onto store shelves for your customers and then for, for consumers like Anna and I to, uh, to pick them up. But that whole idea of essential business also impacted you back at, at corporate headquarters and, and your social and marketing and communications teams. Talk a little bit about how you all kind of worked on that and with that and uh, and try to keep you know your business running as smoothly and consistently as possible mm-hmm. yeah so i uh, i mean you're, you're you're right i as a food manufacturer we're, we were an essential business and um you know we wanted to make sure that we were still making the food the cereal the cheeses everything else um that that consumers really wanted to buy um, you know, even as there were challenges in getting it, uh, getting it on, on, on the store shelf. And, um, you know, our, our, our team went all remote in March, like, uh, like, like, like a lot of people did. Um, but I think more importantly was that was doing some rethinking around how we were, what our tone was in social, because, uh, you know, we've, we're a brand. Uh, our brands within Kellogg are, are associated with, uh, with, with 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 joy, and um, you know I, I mentioned comfort before, but uh, you know we tend to be very happy and you know happy go lucky. But we also wanted to make sure that in um, when people were concerned about safety and concerned about um, you know a lot of things that. Happy-go-lucky could sound off tone. It could sound like flippant, and so we were very careful. Um, in fact, that was a little, kind of—I wouldn't say the slowdown, but 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 what we had to do is make sure we were taking the extra bit of time to to, to review all of our messaging and make sure that hey, is this really sound appropriate right now? Because we, you know, the last thing we want to do is is sound, you know, a little too happy and a little too flip um, when 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 very serious things are are are, are going on. On. And then as spring came into summer and, um, you know, we, we, we saw other societal issues happening again, it was, let's be, you know, I, I know in social, you want to be fast. Um, but we, we said, we, we said, you know, we've lost, we, we need to be fast, but we also need to be cautious and, 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 and we need to be careful because, um, there's so much uncertainty out there. Um, we don't want to be in a position where we are, um, in the interest of speed or in the interest of trying to be cute, we end up doing something that, uh, uh, is, is not true to how we're, how, how we're uh, understanding and working through situations right now. Rick, you had mentioned at the beginning that audience research really is 101 level. But what's fascinating is that obviously in the last seven months, audiences and their needs have changed so dramatically and it's been a roller coaster of emotions and you know with peaks and in valleys lots of valleys in many instances how have you brought in this rapidly changing audience research and how have you helped or how have you used that data to help shape what you're talking about because obviously 
it feels like, especially in 2020, I mean, strategies and, and communication plans have had to change by the minute almost. So how have you been pulling in all that real-time data? Where have you been sourcing all this information? And how have you really been able to maintain that balance that you were just talking about or the right voice and tone and the right stories and tread this incredibly difficult line during a pandemic, but also wanting to tell the bigger stories that are are, are really affecting us in the future? I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> lots to unpack there, but well, you, uh, I, I think really in terms of how we're using data, um, I, I've always been a proponent of I will take as much data as I can get my hands on, you know, um, the and whether it's from you know our agencies or what we're getting from our social media monitoring software, you know, or natively from from the platforms, I'll take it all in because I want to I, I want to absorb as much as as I can. But um, especially when we are in that rapid fire mode of trying to figure out what's, you know, what, what's what um, in, the, um, in, in, in spring, oftentimes we were, we were just going directly to the um, analytics on the native platform. So, all right, let's look at Facebook and let's see what our, um, you know, from, from their insights tab. Uh, what does the last couple weeks look like in terms of how people are engaging with our content? Um, you know, and, and, and it's one thing we we have some 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 great systems for listening, um, but but you don't necessarily need to have the most sophisticated software to be able to get some 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 interesting um, insights. I, I'd spoken before about we've done a lot of work with Feeding America and No Kid Hungry in driving awareness and, and, and donations. Uh, our, our, our single best performing piece of content that whole time was, it was a picture of Tony the Tiger and he goes, it's simple. Um, feeding America, you donate a dollar, we donate a dollar, repeat 100,000 times because we were doing a program where we said, if we can get, you know, X number of tweets uh, we'll donate a hundred thousand dollars in the next three days. And so it was something that was, I. Uh, what was that 25 words? Uh, it was a tweet that probably took 30 seconds to write, but it was based on the insight of let's be short and to the point and you know, use one of our best characters because people love Tony. And then when we saw that really take off and um, you know, basically outperform a lot of our other content by two and three X, we're like, okay, short, simple, to the point, use a character. All right, let's let 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 let, let, let let's keep that formula going. And so now that doesn't fit for every platform, um, but looking at um, you know any data you can get your hands on, but then um, not relying just on the same sources because you know again we've got agencies who do tremendous work, but sometimes the lag in 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 their producing a report and us trying to work on a you know real time basis, uh, you know, might not be a fit for making a decision on what we're going to put out in a, in, in a um, on a given platform at a specific time. Rick, I have I have two kind of follow ups uh, to what you're just speaking about. One, they have nothing to do with each other, by the way. The one okay. is you mentioned Tony the Tiger, and you're right; he is is such a ubiquitous character and icon of of of, of branding and marketing. Um, and 
I, I can think of only a few other characters uh, that have the resonance that he does. And obviously that was so successful for your, your Feed America program. One of the things I think a lot of marketers who work for larger companies like yours have to deal and reconcile with is how do we give those characters a voice in social media or do we not? Mm-hmm. You know, at Salesforce, we have now five or six uh, characters, uh, as we call them. They're not spokespeople and they're, they're not you know, little furries. They're, 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 they're characters. I'm curious kind of how has that changed or evolved in terms of how you can use inanimate characters or icons as having actual voices in social media? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that, 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 that's a great question. Cause again, it, it's, it's really tempting to say, Hey, we've got a character or we've got a, a certain personality. Let, let's just go use that and use that as much as possible. And, and, you know, um, Tony is, is, is it, Tony belongs to Frosted Flakes. So that brand team you know, are the folks that manage what his personality is and, um, you know, the, the, the appropriate use of him as well. Um, you know, uh, Tony's main um, mission right now is a program called Mission Tiger. And that is, it's about um, uh, supporting school sports, uh, especially in, um, in communities where uh, school sports have been um, either cut or eliminated completely because there's, because there's not funding there. And so through, through this program, we've been giving uh, the, the, the Frosted Flakes team has, has given away tens of thousand dollars of grants um, to, to, to help bring sports back uh, to, 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 to schools. So that's Tony's you know, main job right now. So when we use him in social, it's going to be in something that is um, more of a one-off, uh, but it, it, it's going to be for, um, you know, for specific things. But, you know, I, I, Mr. P, so um, from Pringles, uh, Cornelia from from um, from cornflakes snap crackle and pop you mentioned before dig them uh, we've got a we got a bunch of characters and um, you know they're they're all ones that that, that we think could have uh, great applications for messaging but it's something that needs to be done uh, and carefully considered with the brand teams who are um, most in charge of what those characters personas are to ensure that they're being used uh, in, 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 in a proper and appropriate way you're exactly right because once once you misuse a character like that uh you know that's that that goes way beyond social and you have to be yeah. so careful and judicious and and, and certainly uh, i think you know and tony and what he represents especially for that active uh kids active lifestyle and and and, and, and endorsing uh, school athletics and things like that 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 is a wonderful wonderful association my other question for you rick uh my original question was really talking a little bit more about social media listening i know that's something that you're that's near and dear to your heart something that that you've led there at uh kellogg but also at mcdonald's and i'm curious in the in the you know four almost five years since we uh, we last spoke how have you begun to enable and empower the rest of the organization to leverage those social media insights? You, you, you brought it up before, but I, I wanted you to double click a little bit on that because I think that's a, that's a part of social media that is so valuable to the rest of the organization that I think all social pros need to really be thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, first of all, I need to, you know, really give all the kudos and all the props in the world to our customer care team. Um, Cause the way that our organization is set up is that they are front lines on every single post 
on every single brand site, including our corporate sites there as well. So, uh, you know, that, that team is dealing with a volume, uh, you know, tens of thousands of posts every single, uh, every, every single month that, that, that they, that they call through. Um, now a lot of tools have some nice AI features. Um, and, and, and so, uh, you know, we're not having to go through every single one of those, um, you know, like, like, like we might used to in the past. Um, but still the, 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 the effort that the customer care team puts in to handle all these consumer questions, um, you know, where can I find X type of, you know, X flavor of Pringles or, um, you know, I, I, I have an issue. I need to talk to somebody about this, or I've got an idea for a new flavor of, of, of something. Um, they, they, they are, they are our front lines in, in terms of handling that, that huge volume. Um, and then when it comes down to the brand side, then we've got our group of community managers that does a, a spectacular job of managing the 80 different brand, um, accounts that, 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 that we have. And then on my side, we, we, we've got the, the, the corporate facing, um, uh, social accounts that we that we deal with it uh, as well, and so what that means from a listening standpoint is that, um, and we've got our insights and analytics team, and we have our our corporate communications teams. So that is five different stakeholders, um, and uh, you know we 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 want to use the same tool so we can be connected and have visibility across the organization. But our use cases in terms of what we're listening for and when and how are vastly different. And, and, and so that requires, you know, some very robust tools uh, uh, that, that, that we use as well. Rick, I'm curious about some of the campaigns that you have done. Um, so obviously you do social listening, you, you listen to what people want and what they love and, and sort of the direction that they'd like to see you go as well when you balance that with your own goals and objectives. I'm curious, what are some of the the big campaigns that you've done or been a part of that have been a huge success with audiences, but you've also personally loved as well? Because you do some fantastic partnerships with United Way. You recently just had a really cool promotion with Amazon and uh, views and uh, you know donations based on how much people have watched. But just curious, what have been some of the most rewarding or fun or out-of-the-box ideas for campaigns that you've been a part of while at Kellogg? Um, you know, I, 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 have been very fortunate to, um, to, to see lots of great campaigns. Um, you, you know, I, I, I look across on, um, uh, at our brand teams and there's so many fun and cool and interesting ones that we've done. Um, one, 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 one that we, uh, that our cheese it team did. So Adam, you'd probably like this is, uh, they, they partnered up with a, with a wine company. And so you could, uh, order basically your, your picnic to go, which was uh, cheese. It's paired with, uh, with, with, with a box of wine for, uh, for, for having a little nice day outside. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm a little upset that I missed this because cheese it's and wine are delicious. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so a sommelier, but that, that sounds like a perfect pairing. <laughs> well, I, this was the second time that the, that the cheeses team did this. And I believe the first time it sold out in about 90 minutes, I think this time it was about, about, about an hour. It just, so, um, you know, just, 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 just so quick, um, you know, and so, 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 so that, that, that is, you know, the example of, of kind of the, the fun and so, but uh, you know, it, it, across our brands, there's a lot of fun to be had there. And it's not just kids fun either that, you know, it, 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 it can be adult fun. Um, 
you know, I, I'm very proud of some of the work that we've done, um, you know, with our uh, with our charity partners as well. Um, what, what was really rewarding and interesting at the same time is uh, back in March and April um, when I. You know, when 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 the the widespread nature of some of the pandemic um, implications were starting to be realized, you know, and even through today, uh, the number of people who are facing food security, um, you know, in this country is just really really increased. And so we work with Feeding America, we work with No Kid Hungry, we work with the Global Food Banking Network to help uh, not only bring awareness to these issues, but also donate foods and um, you know encourage our consumers to 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 do um, the, the 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 same. And so um, we did multiple campaigns with all those partners in March. Um, in October through November of this year, uh, we, we partnered with Amazon for the, for, the, for the third time to also bring some, some innovation to how we can support uh, food banks. So in 2019, um, we did a partnership with Amazon where we worked with uh, food banks across the country, about 18 different ones, and then set up wish lists on the Amazon site so that if you wanted to donate to a food bank, um, you could, instead of going to your pantry, you could just go on Amazon and buy, um, buy whatever foods and then have it shipped directly to, um, uh, have it shipped directly to, um, uh, a food, you know, food bank of your choosing. And so we partnered with Del Monte and Hormel on this, and we had some really great results. Uh, it was great. We got, we got pictures from food banks who had just like Amazon boxes stacked up to the ceiling of all the donations um, that, they, that they received. Uh, this year, we're taking a little bit different take on it with some different partners. It's, again, Amazon, but we're looking at uh, the fire side of their business now. And so with, in conjunction with Food Partnership, um, there is a, uh, a service called Stream It Forward. And so uh, you, all you do is register your Fire TV or, 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 or uh, register your account. And then for every hour of, uh, uh, of programming that you watch on Amazon, on Food Network, uh, we're going to make a donation to Feeding America based on that. So, and, and, and those kind of program, uh, programs are great because, you know, I loved last year's because you could do a food drive without ever leaving your couch. Like you didn't even have to go to the pantry to go donate food. And then this year, um, yeah, you're, you're home already. You're already watching TV. You're probably watching Food Network stuff. And now we've got a donation mechanism. So you could, you know, again, you don't have to leave your couch to be helping people in your community. It's it's a win win for uh, for everyone, Rick, and and kudos to Kellogg for for everything you're doing and the cleverness too, of of programs like that. Uh, just uh, just just really really special, and it has been special to uh, to have you on the show again four years later, uh, Rick Wyan, uh, senior director of consumer engagement for Kellogg. Now we ask you these two questions four years ago. I do not have the answers that you provided in front of me, but we will be curious to see if you answer these two questions in the same way. First question, if you could give any one piece of advice to someone wanting to become a social pro like you, what would it be? Hmm. Well, now I'm going to wonder what I said last time. So, <laughs> um, you know, here, here, here's what I would say this time is, um, you know, we talked about, uh, we talked a little bit about analytics and data and using that. Um, also talked about creativity and storytelling, probably more so on the last episode than, 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 than this one. Um, 
I, I guess my piece of advice would be look at both of those areas and figure out where you want to dive in. Um, now, they're, not, they're definitely not mutually exclusive, and no, nor should you treat them that way. But I, I tend to see that people who are more analytical really like to play in the analytics um, and tend not to be as comfortable on the creative side of things. Um, but the creative people can benefit a lot from the analytics folks. And I think the analytics folks can benefit a lot from the creative folks as well. So, um, you, you know, it's, again, they're not mutually exclusive, but think about which area you gravitate towards more. Uh, make your specialty in that area, um, but then also don't 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 neglect that other side of your of your brain too, because those muscles need to be exercised as well. Love that. Also, I do have your previous answers up, and it was pretty close, <laughs> but not exact, not the same. So everybody gets like double bonus tips from from Rick. Right. So it's good. Yeah, you definitely talked about finding your strengths and leaning into that. But I love how this time you augmented it with finding a partner who doesn't have your strengths, or finding a collaborator who doesn't have your strengths and working together. Um, <laughs> all right, Rick. Second question: If you could have a video call with any living person, who would it be? You know what? You, you know who I would have a video call with? It would probably be a musician. So, I mean, this, this is totally personal and kind of first world problem-y, but I really miss going to concerts. I've not been to see a live music show in forever. And so I would like to have a call with Sturdle Simpson and just talk about the process of making the album and then the anime that went with uh, Sound and Fury. Because that is my favorite album of the year. It's the coolest thing. Uh, you know, I just, I love Japanese animation. So it's, 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 it's great. And his show, he was supposed to play in, in, in April here in Chicago, but he got canceled from everything oh. else. So I'm bummed about that. But. Yeah, I think, um, I think everybody is right there with you on uh, missing concerts and uh, live music. And so, yeah, great choice. And, and we never said that it had to be somebody social. It could always be pure <laughs> entertainment. So, yeah, I actually funny. Um, my, my answer to that question um, when I was on recently was Iggy Pop. So I'm right there with you. All right. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, Rick, thank you so much again for being on and uh, talking to us about all these amazing initiatives at Kellogg. We really appreciated having you back. So welcome, welcome to the Veterans Club. Great, thanks, thanks. I appreciate it. It's it it fun chatting with you guys. Yeah, likewise. Everybody, now what you need to do, you know, is go follow all of Kellogg Company's accounts on social media so you can see exactly what they're doing. Lots of amazing um, campaigns and uh, fundraisers and big, big important conversations that we need to have about the future of food insecurity and climate change. So go follow um, all of those wonderful accounts to see what Rick and his team are up to these days. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in once again to what we hope is your favorite podcast ever, social pros. Talk to you next time.